2: John R. Daugherty is an author who's debuting his newest series Holy Terror, in which he takes the reader on a wild and thought provoking ride where everything you thought you knew about the angelic realm is explored. And John joins us now. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Toby. How about you? I'm excellent, thank you. So this book, The Holy Terror, of course, as I mentioned, it explores the angelic realm. What made you want to write a book about angels?
3: Well, you know, to Toby, I've been fascinated with angels for a long time. You know, that started really with uh, growing up, you know, going to church, reading the Bible, looking at stories about angels in the Bible. And I've also been really fascinated with all of the books that have come out over the years where people have written about their experiences of you know potential supposed encounters that they've had with angels so i've always had a really uh, deep interest in stories around angels and their activity and what their role is and what they do and uh, so i've just always had that that uh, that interest in angels and so a long time ago i had come up with this idea of a story around a rogue angel which is the impetus to the book Holy
2: Terror. We often forget, maybe, but angels are such a big part of literature and entertainment in general, maybe. Arguably the most famous Christmas film of all time. It's a Wonderful Life is all exactly. about an angel, and there's loads of songs about angels. How do you make your book about angels different from some of the other ones?
3: Right. I think that uh, that that is a challenge, you know, we've we've all heard, you know seen a lot of movies, read a lot of books. Um everybody has a lot of people have a, a variety of ways of explaining angels and what they do. I think what I was looking for was definitely something that's a bit unique. And, uh, you know, I've always I've always had this thought that, gosh, all the, you know, it's frustrating to see all the terrible and evil things that people do to each other out in the world. Lots of good things out there, too. But clearly, we hear lots of bad things that go on. And a a thought that I had a long time ago was, wow, if an angel of God were to go out and try to put a stop to some of these bad guys, uh, he could just really mop them up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Were there any challenges when you were writing this book? You know what? I have done a lot of writing
3: over the years, but it's always been in kind of an expository fashion, you know, kind of more of a, a writing about particular topics or subjects or whether it be. And in um, in the church setting, or whether it be just in my professional, you know, I'm an IT professional by by trade, and I've done lots of writing and in in, the, in both of those kinds of contexts. But writing fiction was a really significant challenge for me. It just wasn't what I expected. It wasn't uh, as easy. I, maybe I I don't know if I thought it was going to be easy, but. Uh, writing fiction was really just a a big change for me in how I did my writing. And, you know, I thought that I had done a good job uh, writing my novel. And then several years ago, I got um, involved with a writing coach, uh, Melody Bussey, and she was a tremendous help for me. I I wouldn't have gotten to this point with my book without her help. She really showed me a lot of things about writing fiction that I just didn't understand. Um, You know, uh, Telling uh, about the action versus showing the action, you know, that's one that's one thing that she would harp on with me a lot. In my writing, I was telling the reader what was happening rather than acting it out, showing it to, to the reader. So that was probably, for me, the biggest challenge I had.
2: And she's good at getting you the best interviews on the best shows. <laughs> exactly. She she clearly is the best at that. Yeah. The transition from writing about real-life things to fiction, fiction, can be difficult and angels are a thing that a lot of people believe in I'm guessing you do so how much of the story is based on things that are true and things that you believe to be true and then how much is fiction? (laughs)
3: Well there's there is a lot of fiction in my novel, Toby, of course, but yeah. you know, I, I certainly the Bible and what's recorded in the Bible was a big inspiration for me. So I have certainly lifted a lot of information that you can read about in the Bible, and I've actually in my in my book, I've actually tapped into some of the stories that are recorded, particularly in the Old Testament of the Bible. Um, and and utilize that in my storyline. So, you know, a lot of what I have included in the book about uh, places around the United States and, and other parts of the world, I certainly researched and, and actually using real locations like real restaurants or real street names or Things of that things of that nature. I've actually used real places out of uh, you know geography to use in the story, but certainly a lot of what I have recorded, what I've written in the book, is based on biblical information. So I suppose some people might might consider that factual. Some might not. <laughs> but but uh, you know I'm 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 a person of faith, so I certainly believe in what the the Bible records and. And believe it to, uh, to be true. And so in that sense, I would say a lot of what I have written is lifted right out of Scripture and is true in that standpoint. Geography-wise, I've used real locations. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is certainly... Um, you know, my own uh, imagination has come into play for certain.
2: The stuff you take from the Bible is it kind of non-arguable stuff? Because what I mean is, sometimes people would argue. that some people who take a quote from the Bible, take it completely out of context just to oh, justify sure. an argument.
3: Absolutely, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I would say that uh, you know, I've I've learned to try to avoid those kinds of circumstances over the years, and uh, really try to keep things in. Context, but certainly some of the things that I've lifted out of the Bible are, you know, like I've 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 quoted something that was recorded in the scriptures as a, a line, for example, in my book. You know, there's several characters from the Bible that make appearances throughout my book, so you know I'm I'm actually pulling um, things that they have said in the Bible and incorporated that into the storytelling in the book.
2: That's quite impressive. <laughs> so- (laughs) bit of a crossover, really. Yeah, exactly. Were there any surprises along the way when you were writing the book? I mean, did it have an ending that you weren't expecting?
3: You know, I I, uh, probably the ending is certainly going to be a bit of a twist for the readers, but it was something that I had, I kind of had in my head, what, how I wanted the story to end. And as you mentioned at the outset, it is part of a trilogy. So uh, I've kind of pulled a Star Wars or an indie, Deanna Jones on people, because I'm starting with the middle of the, of the trilogy. So yeah. the book, this first book, Holy Terror, is really the middle story. So there is a, a prequel that I'm working on, and it's going to go back and give a lot of background, a lot of information about why the characters are who they are, what brought them to the point that they are in, in the current book. And then the sequel is actually going to be uh, picking up right where the current book leaves off. So there's not much of a gap from the the current book into the sequel or the prequel. uh, Yeah, the sequel. But the prequel is going to go back in time significantly over, over a long period of time back into history to kind of help set the scene for what ended up happening in the current
2: book. Yeah, and I'm not that big on Star Wars, so I could be talking complete (laughs) nonsense here, but I think it's a genuine fan thing that the prequel series wasn't as good as the other ones so are you hoping that your prequel will still be up to scratch?
3: I would have to agree with that Toby I was not a huge fan of the of the prequel trilogy but yes I'm very confident that my prequel will, will be even better than, than the current book
2: Even though the Star Wars films were released out of sequence it's generally agreed that you should watch them by order of release so you go for the first one then the prequel then the sequel so for real Reading your books, do you suggest reading them in order of release or in order of when they're actually set?
3: I would certainly say in order of release because...
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right?
1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
3: Um, you know, I think, I think once all three books are out, you could pick them up and read them in order, and it would, it would make sense. Mm. But what I have done in the current book is dropped all kinds of Easter eggs into the story yeah. that make references to things that have happened in the past. And, and I do that intentionally to try to pique the reader's interest to get them to think, what does that mean or what what what's that referencing, you know? Yeah. And so I think that will make reading the prequel, once I get that uh, published, it'll make that all the more interesting because people will be able to say okay now i remember that this happened in the in the first book and now there's explanation for it here in the prequel so i i would i would say in release order would be most ideal
2: yeah and i don't want to make it all about star wars again but (laughs) just because maybe there's a similarity in the first star wars series there's a plot twist in it that if you were to watch it in order of when they're set you would have already known the plot twist so it would kind of ruin it. Is there stuff like that (laughs) in your books?
3: Yeah, I would say that that's definitely going to be the case in in my writing as well. That, yeah, if you read the, if you were to wait and read the prequel first, it would kind of, there would be some spoilers in there for things that I'm trying to create in the current book, things that I'm trying to create mystery around and just intrigue, you know.
2: And do you think that each book can stand alone, or do you recommend reading them as a series?
3: No, I really believe that they can stand alone. Um, you know, I think that if you were to read the current book, the, the one that we're talking about today, Holy Terror, that it would be a great read for you, that it would, you know, I, you'd probably be left with some questions, and the way the book ends is it's not exactly a cliffhanger, in fact, before I had melody involved, there was a bigger cliffhanger at the end, and she recommended that I cut that and and save it for the the sequel. So I think you could easily read the current book by itself and be happy with the story. But you know, I hope that I'm creating some some excitement though for people to say, "Wow, I really want to I want to see what happens," or "I want to see why some of these things happened in the first place." You know, so I hope that to create some of that excitement, but I think definitely each book could stand by itself as a read on its own.
2: Do you have plans to make the book into something cinematic? I really do. I think that's, that's,
3: it feels like a pretty lofty goal for me right now. It feels like something that's a stretch goal, but, but I definitely want to. I'm, I'm such a huge movie fan. I'm, I'm a movie buff. Um, You know, I, I always say there's a movie quote for every occasion in life. So I can always (laughs) think of, think of some quote from some movie that's very appropriate to my situation that I'm in. But uh, I just tend to think uh, cinematically as I was writing the book. And so I kind of have visions in my head of how things could look on the big screen. But so I absolutely hope that at some point it can turn into a, a big screen show whether yeah. that be on you know an actual movie release or you know maybe it's uh one of the many streaming services that are out there that everybody's paying subscriptions for and watching it on their yeah. TVs rather than on the big screen i would be i'd be thrilled with either of those outcomes
2: i guess you can self publish books these days so i guess you can self publish a film too but then <laughs> yeah. you still need to I pay for actors could. and stuff
3: i that that seems like that'd be a huge task but i yeah. totally <laughs>
2: yeah and if you had to cast one major Hollywood actor in the film today, who would you pick
3: well i I really consider that my book has three main characters, and so there's two police detectives because the story starts out as a crime solving mystery with um Miami, Florida police detectives trying to solve these grisly, gruesome crime scenes that they keep finding. So the two detectives there, the names are Lane Madigan and Ian Jelani. And so Lane Madigan, I've had in my head for quite a long time that Chris Pratt would be the perfect uh, person to play that role. And then the Ian Jelani police detective, I see one of my favorite actors currently is Idris Elba, which I think he does. He's great. And um, I think he would be perfect. As my Ian Gelani character, and then for the main the main character overall, who is an angel. Is uh, an angel of God. I see that character being played by Alan Ritchie, who is fairly new to me. The first time I I saw him was in the Amazon Prime Video series Jack Reacher, and he is a big, muscular, tough guy. And I just thought, oh, he would he would he would be the ideal person to play the character of the angel, who is kind of a large, muscular, tough you know entity.
2: Yeah. Well, in the meantime, what's coming up for you? After this book, what's the timeline for the prequel and sequels being released? And then have you got anything else after that?
3: I do. I've actually a couple of things related to the current book that are coming up very soon is I'm working on uh, working with my uh, and I did the self-publishing route, by the way. So I went through a company called Book Baby, which they've been great. I really have enjoyed working with them. They've been really helpful. But they're working on the ebook version for me so that it can be made available, you know on the Kindle or on a variety of, of electronic platforms. So the ebook should be coming out within the next few weeks. And then I'm also working with um, a guy by the name of Steve Osarchik, uh, who is out on the East Coast, and he is a voiceover talent that I found. And he is going to work on producing the audio book for me. So I'm really excited about the audiobook. I'm a huge Audible.com fan. I, I tend to do a lot more listening to books these days than I do literally picking up uh, a, an actual copy of a book and reading it, which I still do, periodically. Yeah. But I love to do uh, I love to listen to books on audible. And um, so I find I just find that there's many opportunities I have to listen to books as I'm, you know, while I'm driving or while I'm taking a walk or what have you. So I'm really excited about getting the audible version produced. And I feel like that's going to be completed by the end of April. Um, other, as far as the prequel, that's the next project I have that I've I've kind of gotten a start on that, but I I really need to you know lock in and and start working on that, um, get more focused on that. I have big hopes of at least having it back to Melody to help me do the editing on it by the end of the year, and then sometime next year is when I would be targeting the uh, sequel to be completed. And then yes, I have. There's a few other book ideas floating around in my head, even the uh, the the thought of some spin off stories that I feel like I could easily create around the same character who's by the by the way, his name is Thumos, uh, which is a Greek word for fire or passion or heated heatedness. So that's the that's the name of my main character. But I feel like I have several ideas of some spin-off stories that I could create for him as well. Sounds
2: exciting. And in the meantime, this book is called Holy Terror. And you won't miss it in the shop because it's got a nice, attractive cover and it's got a crucifix instead of the T. Where are we able to find it? A ticket it's on Amazon because that's usually where you get books and anywhere else.
3: Oh yes. Yeah, you can find it on bookbaby.com. That's the, the where I where I did my self-publishing work. Yeah. So you can certainly purchase it today on bookbaby.com. You can find it on Amazon. It's in a pre-order status on Amazon, but I believe that the date is March the 29th that it's actually going to be released. On Amazon, but you can find it on Amazon right now and select a pre-order. And then when it becomes available by the 29th, it'll ship out to you. So those are the those are the two ways that you can purchase the
2: book right now. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great having you on the show.
3: Toby, thanks so much for having me. It's been great uh, meeting with you, and I really appreciate you hosting me on your show today. Thanks very much.
1: Planning for your next trip. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah.
2: Hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, sound, sound. The Toby Gribben Show